0: Today on City Cash Chicago, happy Halloween. One of the scariest urban legends I remember as a kid growing up here was Candyman. Yeah, he was the boogeyman in the 1992 horror classic. Well, it's been years since I first saw it, so I rewatched it recently to see if it still holds up. It's Monday, October 31st. I'm Jacoby Cochran and this is City Cash Chicago.
1: There's nothing to fear. City Cash Chicago will be written on a thousand walls. Come with me and listen. Now I must shed.
0: Uh, If you're not familiar, 30 years ago, this horror movie hit screens across America and it scared the hell out of people. Uh, It followed this grad student from UIC who was uh, writing about urban legends and one that was really popular was a story of Candyman, this this uh, kind of like ghoulish figure who haunted Cabrini Green for decades. And he's kind of a mixture of multiple urban legends. To call Candyman, you'd say his name five times. Uh, when Candyman arrives, he arrives in this like huge trench coat. He has a hook for one of his hands and he's constantly followed, interacted, made up of bees. They will say, that I have shed innocent blood. What's blood for,
1: if not for shedding?
0: And, and the story of Candyman is that uh, he was the the I believe the son of former slaves, and when he uh, had a relationship with the white woman, the people, um, you know, a mob came after him, uh, killed him, cut off his hand, and I believe burned him alive. And when they sprayed his ashes around Cabrini Green, he now haunts the, the, the residents. I came for you. And when the movie starts, we're kind of dropped into uh, this grad student trying to, trying to figure out what's all the hoopla around Candyman. Is it real? Is it fake? Candyman, huh? Yes, have you heard of him? Mm-hmm, you
1: doing a study on him? Yes, I am. What have you heard? Everybody's scared of him once it get dark. He live over at Cabrini. My friend told me about him. Cabrini Green? Yeah, and the projects. I live on the south side.
0: Lead producer Carrie Shepard, you know, welcome back to the CityCast, Mike.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Jacoby. Jacoby, how old were you when you first watched Candyman?
0: Ah, if it came out in 92, I probably watched it around like 97. So I might have been six years old, maybe <gasps> six or seven years old, somewhere in those like mid 90s. And I'm not going to lie, as a kid, I was terrified because it it was an interactive movie in the sense that once it was over, you could keep participating in the ritual yes. of it. All you had to do was find you a mirror and say Candyman five times and so. You know, I feel like my mom grew up the Bloody Mary era. Right. right. So if you go to a mirror, you say Bloody Mary a few times. Well, we grew up in the Candyman era. And I mean, the the actor who played him, Tony Todd, did, you know, such a fantastic job of being creepy every time he came on the scene. And so I felt like as a kid, I was like always looking over my shoulder. Anytime some classmate tried to joke about it, we all would like pretend. But, you know, when they got to phobe, we was like, shut
2: up, <laughs> shut up, shut up. Stop. I was going to ask, I was going to ask, did your did your uh, friends or fellow classmates, was this something you guys sort of, you sort of played around with this, this legend?
0: Eventually, I think as we got a little bit older, right, we got into the teen years, it was something, right, we had to debunk. So, you know, if there was a house party, if, you know, if there was like we were staying over the night at somebody crib, you know, we got our candy man off because we we had to prove it, you know, at the end of the day. You know, solid movie when we was a kid, but, but buddy ain't real. And and I think that was one of the the things that after you transition out of just being a kid, maybe being terrified in your first reading, as we got older, we realized that the movie had more depth to it and maybe some scarier mm-hmm. things started to come to the surface uh, as we got older.
2: Yeah, that's a that's a good point that you everything you notice as an adult after you've lived in the city for a long time because you've said this before. You were a kid. You grew up on the South Side, so you know the city was the South Side for you, as mm-hmm. it is for all of us when we are a kid. The city is the neighborhood we grew up in. Cabrini is on the Cabrini Green. The public housing development was on the near North Side. Did you know as a kid? Did you know about Cabrini was the legend, like, he only comes out to the public housing. Candyman only comes out in public housing.
0: What's interesting is, like, no, Candyman, like, the legend didn't stay centered in Cabrini. But what was interesting is, like, the way people talk about Candyman, the way people talk about urban legends and folklore it's kind of the way people talked about Cabrini-Green when I was a kid. Yeah. You had so many family members who would be like, oh, I grew up in Cabrini-Green, or I knew people who grew up in Cabrini-Green, or, don't ever go to Cabrini-Green. And so like, you can roll your eyes at the way Helen and Bernadette, the UIC grad students, talk about Cabrini-Green. There's a real sense of like, that's the ghetto. We don't go there.
1: Now that's Cabrini-Green, not that you'd recognize it today. Yeah, no kidding. I won't even drive past there. Heard a kid got shot there the other day. Every day. OK, now look carefully. But if I'm
0: being way. real with you, a lot of people who I knew, I knew coming up, black folks, especially because that was, all. The, I mean, it was the only people I grew up around. Even they talked about Cabrini Green with kind of a lack of nuance. It was very much like, you know, that's the worst of the worst mm-hmm. in terms of where you could grow up, where you can live. And, you know, they it never really transitioned at least in my household to like scapegoating the, the, the residents who lived there or talking down on the residents like it was like the buildings themselves like were the legend it weren't it wasn't the people or the community it was just the idea that those buildings carried bad juju that's yeah. just the way people talked about them so you know watching Candy as a kid you know th- the way people talked about Cabrini Green the kind of caricature that the movie paints unfortunately was like like very reminiscent of like the way I saw people talk about it when I was young
2: and, ex- and they do show it in the film right so mm-hmm. when you like you said the main character of Virginia Madsen's character Helen Lyle she goes with her best friend and you know fellow grad student Bernadette and they walk up to Gabrini
0: all kind of characters yes. like who is you where you going, <laughs> blondie? What you looking for? Just where you go.
1: Just going inside. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah. You come up in here.
1: Ain't come up in here. Excuse me, y'all can come up what in you here. Looking for Just going up to see a <laughs> friend of mine. So sure, you not the
0: police? Huh? Uh, Look like five I bet all me. them dudes was like Shakespearean actors. Like, I'm looking for the depth in my character, The Hoodwazi. I'm, I'm trying to find the inspiration. Who is Jamal? Why is Jamal? Where <laughs> is Jamal? Right? Because the voice is so fake that he's like, them dudes ain't from around here. They, <laughs> it's like...
2: Five-O coming. Mal-
0: <laughs> Ma- Five-O's <laughs> on the way. Scooty-hoo, <laughs> Scooty-hoo. <laughs> you looking for Candyman? I'm Candyman. Right? So th- there is definitely from the moment Cabrini Green comes on screen, the residents come on screen, they- there feels like a you know a real caricature that's taking place
2: yeah the aban- the the abandoned apartment is that's intense what you see right, right? like graffiti they- everywhere the toilets overflowing or just ripped out it's yeah those are the hallways you know, the the elevator's broken. We'll take the stairs totally like classic. Exactly.
0: I mean, when you're thinking about ninety-two, this is at a time when there's the city is having real conversations, maybe not in the public, but real conversations behind closed doors about the future of Cabrini. Absolutely. And we could argue that even by nineteen ninety-two, a lot of politicians and developers had already decided the fate of Cabrini Green, even if the teardown doesn't start for another three. Uh, or or, or for years. And so Candyman came out October 16th, 1992. Dantrell Davis was killed October 13th.
2: 1992. Oh my gosh. Dentro
0: Davis was seven years old, walking to school with his mother and was killed, I believe, from a, a, a sniper uh, who lived in, in Cabrini. And so for this movie to come out, you know, days after the city is still reeling over that people are providing even more vitriol towards Cabrini Green and Cabrini Green residents. And so during that time was Candyman used not as just a horror movie, but one of the many props used to kind of further denigrate Cabrini-Green.
2: I do want to go back to something you said about public housing, like the caricatures. I would say there are these moments that really feel right and true both from what was happening then, but what still happens, in that like when Helen and Bernadette see and meet Anne-Marie, she's a resident, she has a baby, she calls them out. Oh, you're coming here to do a study about how we're all derelict, we don't work, we do drugs, we're all killing each other. All the stuff in the like narrative that everybody... The media has politicians paint about public housing residents. And that part felt like I had a different appreciation of it, knowing the deep history of what public housing residents in the city have have been through.
0: I I agree with you. I think that moment of her offering that that voice of humanity, like to serve in the, the space of you know, the thousands of people who called these places home, who this was their community and and this is what, you know, mattered to them. And in that moment, I do think the commentary of how urban legends get created, how how the idea of, you know, people being forgotten, people being haunted, people being trapped away in their neighborhoods to to fend for themselves. I do think that was, you know, well communicated throughout the film.
2: When you rewatched it, what did you recognize from the film? Like, what is still here that you Mm -hmm. see in the film from 30 years ago?
0: I think that opening shot, one, just, like, the grid and showing the highway, I think it's actually a really interesting commentary about the city just how well designed it is yeah Uh, and so you know seeing 290 or you know i i now work as a coach with the university of illinois chicago so you know i kind of notice uic's campus a little bit and and, and see that coming up but i think one of the things you definitely you know can't help but realize is that cabrini green and the story of public housing from the time that movie came out to now you know we're talking 30 years and you know, so many of the places where public housing once stood is unrecognizable, mm-hmm. uh, especially Cabrini Green. We think about, you know, the way people talked in the movie, like we don't go there. No one would say that now. No one would say we don't go to that neighborhood, right? Right? We don't like it's. Oh, I'm right over by the by the Groupon. You know, just come kidding. on down, right? And, and so, like, I think it's important, you know, just to see how quickly things can change when there is intention and design behind it
2: Rewatching it what did the movie get wrong about chicago that's a good
0: question what did it get wrong i mean besides like at times the accents and in <laughs> and, and, and the caricatures um
2: maybe nothing
0: yeah I, I'm, I'm trying to think about it i'm like there, there was no moment when I ever was like, oh, no, they're not actually where they are, or
2: yeah, me neither. this doesn't
0: make sense. It, it, a solid job of never making me feel too pulled out from the movie to be like, where are they right now? What, What is happening?
2: I guess this leads us to the big question, the final question. <laughs> Rewatching it, what did you like and what did you not like about the original 1992 Candyman?
0: All right, what I like and I continue to like is Tony Todd's um, absolute commitment. Helen.
1: Yes? Helen.
0: I watched some interviews with him and they said he had like a clause where some of those bees were real. I think he get, like, $1,000 for every bee sting. I think he got stung, like, 27 times.
2: So the bees, and, like, so ca- he's Candyman, obviously, and he opens his trench coat and his entire body is covered in bees. Those yeah. are real?
0: Yeah. Helen, I came for you.
2: What don't you like rewatching it?
0: I think one of the hardest parts of the Candyman legend for me is just like, like white supremacy kills him and now he haunts his own people. Hmm. And I think one of the clear differences, if we can remark on Nia DaCosta's remake of 2021 is that it follows a black person exploring a black urban myth. Like, You know, shout out to Virginia Madsen, right? Helen Lyle, did did her thing. She was trying her best. Um, I'm not gonna lie. When she was like crawling like on fire, I was like, what am I watching right now? You could clearly tell it was a stunt person there. He's like, (laughs) but ultimately viewing the story from a white woman's lens, and knowing that like Cabrini Green and the story of Candyman is a story of racism and gentrification, Ultimately leaves you a little cringe, you know. You watching all these black people like march to her funeral, it's just like Yeah, this
2: okay. white savior. That, yeah, yeah, because like, okay, they show up because she she saved the baby and Anne Marie's uh-huh. baby. Right. Okay, so the big question, because it's Halloween and were you scared re-watching it?
0: I'm gonna ask you, Carrie. Were you scared re-watching
2: it? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> the from what, the first what? scene I jumped. We kept the lights on and not going to lie, last night I was like, I don't want to walk to the bedroom by myself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like, you know, the floating, the out the window jump he did, the transitions in the movie. that was like, is this a TV movie? Why are y'all fading to black and rising from black again it's like is there a commercial break supposed to be here okay like I have to even say. the like the blood everywhere the like i ain't gonna lie when bernadette was laying on that ground and they flashed her i started rolling because i was like why they put that woman in that clown makeup why they got her in this blue face right now why it's she white look face like the blue because the
2: legend is you turn white if you see it okay
0: she looked like a blueberry
2: i think <laughs> I think that without all the special effects that we have in horror movies and regular movies today, there is a real, there is there is something about it that makes it a little scarier because it is, it feels a little more real in its fakeness, if that makes sense.
0: I see what they was working with. I see you dodging like the question.
2: Were you scared? Just
0: blood. <laughs> Hell no, my G. Oh, <laughs> like, come on. Thank you, Lee, producer Gary Shepard, for not only, uh, you know, kind of re-traumatizing yourself, you can't even turn the lights off in your apartment right now. So, you know, thank you for that.
2: Thanks, Jacoby.
0: Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Illinois' Mortgage Assistance Program is open starting tomorrow, November 1st. Remember, homeowners who have faced financial hardship because of the pandemic could qualify for up to $30,000. 49th Ward in Rogers Park is having a budget town hall this Wednesday. Check with your alder person to see if they're doing the same thing in your neighborhood to ensure you heard before. City Council is slated to vote on Mayor Lightfoot's 2023 budget on November 7th. Head over to our daily newsletter, Hey Chicago, at chicago.citycast.fm. Uh, today, Sydney's got a little bit of this week in Chicago history for you as we look at Nick Willinda of the Flying Willindas walking across the city skyline. And some good news to get you through. Chicago's Lit and loose starts today and runs all week. It includes poetry reading, storytelling, and conversations from writers and artists from Chicago and Mexico. As always, we appreciate you for listening. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Peace.
1: Hey, what's happening? Hola, this is Tony Todd, a.k.a. <clears throat> Candyman. This is for City Cash Chicago listeners, booked by Jacoby. I understand you guys are a podcast episode about the Candyman movie. So, thank you. I'm humbled. Much appreciated. The pleasure, I can assure you, will be exquisite. There is nothing to fear. City Cash Chicago will be written on a thousand walls. Come with me and listen, now I must shed innocent blood. Solas, and I hope you enjoy it, and happy Halloween weekend, blessings, peace.